Welcome to Answers from Antioch. You have joined us at the intersection of God's Word and today's world. This broadcast is brought to you by the Antioch Baptist Church in Bristol, Virginia. Join us as we examine information that impacts the church, the Christian, and the Christian home. Hello, everyone. Thanks so very much for tuning in today. What a blessing to be with you, and you give me a little time. I appreciate that so very much. We're going to look at what is very likely the second oldest Christmas hymn that we sing. It could be number one. We don't know for sure, but we do know it was written before 800 A.D. Now, last week I shared with you uh, angels we have heard on high, and the phrase in that song, which says, Gloria in excelsis Deo, is used and traced back all the way to the first century church. So between that one, angels we have heard on high, and between this one, which I'll announce in just a minute, we have the two oldest Christmas songs that are so very popular today and so very scriptural, biblical, looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus in those days. And you and I are looking forward to his second coming. Pastor Josh talked about that on Friday's program. I encourage you to go back to our podcast platforms and you can find that podcast and look at the second coming. We can sing today, joy to the world, the Lord is coming again. Yes, we certainly can sing that, and we do believe that day is very soon. But can you put yourself back in the first century church, and angels we have heard on high, Gloria in excelsis Deo, glory to God in the highest. We do know back in in uh, ancient history there, they wrote about that being part of the first century church worship services. And now, here we have with this song written before 800 A.D., a very important biblical message as well. No doubt the song was composed by a minister, someone that well knew the Old and the New Testaments. Now, you got to remember, in these days that this song was written, there was no Bible for everyone to have. The scriptures were scarce, so people of, as ministers and preachers were sometimes the only ones that could ever even look at a copy of God's Word. But definitely this person here who wrote this song, and some of you are saying, well, tell me the title of it. Tell it to me. Okay, here it is. O come, O come, Emmanuel. O come, O come, Emmanuel, God with us. Isaiah, remember what he said, 7:14. Isaiah said, Emmanuel, God with us. And they were singing, and this preacher, whomever, wrote this song, and that was the title, O come, O come, Emmanuel. Even had the thought of draw nigh, draw nigh, Emmanuel, God with us. Now, amazing, this song was uh, put to the music that we enjoy today uh, back in uh, the 1800s by John Mason Neal was a brilliant preacher, minister, educated at Trinity College. Uh, he could write and speak, write and speak in more than 20 languages. 
uh, a lot of his peers got jealous of him, and instead of giving him uh, a church that uh, was prominent, uh, they stuck him way back in a little unknown place as a missionary. The Madeira Islands off the northwest coast of Africa is where they pushed him and put him out of the spotlight altogether because they was jealous of him, John Mason Neal. Yet, Neal knew God had called him into the ministry. He refused to give up on what God was doing in his life and his calling, and they didn't pay him or support him with hardly anything, 27 pounds a year. Uh, in that day, that was very, very poor. I think a pound, a British pound today is like a dollar and a quarter American money. So how would you like to have 27 or let's say $30 a year? Well, that's all he was supported with. Yet on this meager salary, under the power and the anointing of God, John Mason Neal, uh, he began an orphanage, a school for girls, uh, a school uh, or rather a house of refuge for prostitutes. And God used this man, although his health was very poor, frail, sickly fella, John Mason Neal knew that God had called him and put him into the ministry, and he wasn't going to quit no matter where he was. And through his studies, he was a great student of the Bible and other books. He came across this old manuscript, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. He found it in an old book, and it was actually, it was a Latin chant that they that they had, and he put it to the music that you and I enjoy today. So we can accredit John Mason Neal, a preacher, brilliant fella, that put this song in the uh, tune that we sing today, but it reminds me, and I'll share some scripture with you in just a moment, of some people who were faithful in God's Word that wanted to see Emmanuel come. And here's here's some words in this song. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Then you have the chorus. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel, shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse free, thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save and give them victory over the grave. Goodness, listen at those words. O come, O dayspring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here and drive away the shades of night and pierce the clouds and bring us light. Uh, some Look at some of the other verses. Thou key of David, come, open wide our heavenly home. That and all of these looking at Jesus, seeing him as the key of David, Adonai, down in the last verse, O come, O come, Adonai, who in thy glorious majesty from Sinai's mountain. So someone that wrote this song, we don't know who it was, John Mason Neal put it to music, but someone who wrote it definitely had a knowledge of the scriptures, both Old and New Testament, and no doubt a minister in those days because common folks were not blessed as we are to have a copy of God's Word. But someone was faithful to put this chant together or this poem together back before 800 A.D. 
John Mason Neal later in the early 1800s uh, put it to music that we enjoy. So very likely, here was somebody's, both of these men, whomever, very faithful to follow God no matter what, going to stick with what God had told them to do. I was reminded of Luke chapter number 2. There was an old fellow by the name of Simeon, and he was an old man, and he was told by God that he was going to live to see the Messiah. There was a man in Jerusalem, verse 25 says of Luke 2, whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. It was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And so he kept believing God, following God, trusting God. He came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him up in his arms and blessed God. Now, Simeon was faithful. On down in that same chapter of Luke 2, there's Anna. She was of a great age, no doubt way up in her 90s, perhaps even a 100 or more. And she was in the temple serving. God rewards faithfulness, my friend. You stay faithful to your calling, to God's call in your life. Whoever you are, every one of us have a calling of God. It's not just ministers or missionaries. We all are God's children who are believers who have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ. All of us are the children of God. And hallelujah, he has a plan for our lives. I encourage you to realize that plan and move along for God. God bless you. Thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to visit our website at antiochbristol.com. There you will find many ways to contact us and connect with us, and so much more. Until next time, stand firm in Jesus' truth.